Welcome back to Clutch Time with Mike on the Mic. It's your boy Mike, and I'm back with another podcast episode. I'm coming to you from Turks and Caicos. I'm on an island uh, recording this podcast. I meant to record it before I left the States, but I forgot. I was trying to pack and do everything. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game. We got the 49ers and the Eagles versus the Chiefs and the uh, Bengals. So let's go AFC first. Let's talk about Kansas City and uh, Cincinnati. Now, um, during the regular season, Kansas City had the number one offense in the NFL, and the Bengals were actually – they were eighth in the league in offense. And then on defense, um, the 49ers were first and the Eagles were second. Uh, talking about the NFC, so that's strength on strength. But back to the AFC, um, it's a massive of the two, in my opinion, right now, um, the two best quarterbacks in football, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And if you guys don't know, Joe Burrow is 3-0 and versus Patrick Mahomes. And generally, in this instance, um, I would give the edge to Patrick Mahomes because I think he's just a little slightly bit more talented than uh, than Joe Burrow. But the caveat is that Patrick Mahomes has a high ankle sprain. Now he did go out the game last week, and he was on the sideline. They took him to the uh, they took him to the locker room to have him, you know, X-rayed and checked out and everything. He eventually came back in the game, but now he's had time to sit for a week and let it stiffen up and, and whatnot. I'm sure he's been getting treatment around the clock. But when you go into the AFC Championship game versus the Cincinnati Bengals, who are on a roll. I think they've won something like 10 games straight, one of the hottest teams coming into the playoffs. Um, and you're going against Joe Burrow, who we know, you know, made his ascension to the top of the league last year. He went through the playoffs, made the Super Bowl, um, had a chance to win the Super Bowl if he'd had a little bit more time, but Aaron Donald ended, ended the game. Um, and Joe Burrow, like I said on my last episode, whatever it is that certain quarterbacks have, like your Aaron Rodgers, your Tom Brady's, your Peyton Manning's, Dan Marino, Big Ben, Drew Brees, uh, I can't even think of Joe Montana. I can't even think of his name. Um, whatever those quarterbacks have, whatever it is, Joe Burrow has it. He has an abundance of it. I did see a clip earlier on in the year where he – or not early on in the year. It was uh, last week's game. He threw that touchdown to Hayden Hurst. Uh, when he went to the sideline, he said, I'm him. And um, at this moment, I'm not going to disagree with him. I think it, he is him. Um, so I think in a close one, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think the Bengals might be able to pull that out with Patrick Mahomes being hobbled. I don't know how hobbled he is. I haven't seen any reports to say he's going to be limited or anything. I'm sure he's going to give it a go. I would just hate for him to get hurt any worse than he already is in the game. So I hope he's able to stay healthy. But like I said, the caveat is Joe Burrow's never lost to Patrick Mahomes. And while in the grand scheme of things that may not make you know that may not mean a lot but in psychologically you know Patrick Mahomes probably going to be pressing thinking oh man I've never beat him I've really got to show up and you know I've, I've got to beat him one time especially in the AFC championship game to go to the Super Bowl and I've got to do it it's like the old Peyton Manning and Tom Brady rivalry if um I believe it was the year I think it was the 2006 when the Colts went to the Super Bowl they ended up playing the Patriots in the uh, AFC championship game and Peyton Manning went down and scored, but Tom Brady had the ball last. And you can see the 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 look on Peyton Manning's face, like, oh, my God, it's about to happen to me again. I'm going to lose to Tom Brady again in the playoffs. But then Tom Brady threw that interception, and the look of relief over his face was just 
uh, you know, he, you know, finally felt like he got that monkey off his back. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes probably feels the same way and is going to want to come out and put on a show against the Bengals. It's at home. It's in Kansas City. But I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think the Bengals will win something like um, 34-31 in a high-scoring affair. Um, it's it's hard for Patrick Mahomes, even without Tyreek Hill, to put points up on the board. He's got what's, in my opinion, I think when it's all said and done, I think Travis Kelsey is going to be the greatest tight end to ever play the game. Like, to watch him play and see how dominant he is and how good he is at creating space and running routes and how he gets open and he's got all these 1,000-yard receiving seasons. He's just, you know, untouchable. He's undoubtedly the best tight end in the game, and I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game right now. So that's a crazy combination to have, but I think Joe Burrow is right on Patrick Mahomes' heels with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And he's got Hayden Hurst at tight end and Joe Mixon as a running back. Um, and Samaje Piran as a running back as well. So I think and, you know, he's right on the cusp. I think the Bengals are right there. Uh, defensively, for the AFC, I'm going to go with – I think the Bengals have the better defense. Um, let me just double check. I'm checking the stats here. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Bengals have the better defense than the Chiefs. Actually, No. The Chiefs have a higher-ranked defense than the Bengals, but that's on paper. I think on the field of play, I think I'll, I'll go with the Bengals slightly. I think they I think they have a better front seven um, than the Chiefs. I don't know about the back end because the Chiefs – I mean, the Bengals have Eli Apple as a cornerback, and he's been getting burnt on the regular since he got in the league. Um, so, you know, he was talking a lot of junk on Twitter this past week to Bills players. Um, but I just want him to remember where he came from. He's getting burnt left and right in the playoffs last year and the years before. But I think I'll go with the Bengals defense slightly over the Chiefs. Um, like I said, I got the Bengals in a close one, 34-31. to 31. Um, I think Joe Burrow goes back to his second straight Super Bowl. And as I, I predicted on a previous podcast, I think that, you know, he'll end up losing that game against whoever he plays because at first I was I was – you know, on a hill going with the 49ers. But after watching the Eagles come out last week and absolutely dismantle the Giants, um, I got a little cause to pause, so I'm not I'm not sure. Um, I got to look at some stats and just go with my heart and who I think is going to win. So with that being said, let's move it right on to the NFC. We got the Eagles and the 49ers. We've got strength on strength um, during the regular season. The 49ers had the number one ranked defense, and the Philadelphia Eagles had the number two ranked defense, so that's strength on strength. And I think where the game is going to come down to, honestly, is whose defense is going to be able to make a play. Is it going to be San Francisco's defensive line with Nick Bosa, or is it going to be the Eagles' defense with who they've got in the backfield um, with those guys that they've got? Um, I think the – 49ers have a better defensive line with all those first-round picks that they have up there. And they've got who, in my opinion, the uh, soon-to-be defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Um, So he's going to be causing havoc back there in the backfield for um, Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm going to stick with what I said. I'm going to go with the 49ers, but I'm going to go with the 49ers in a close one. I think the 49ers win something like 23-20. I think that they'll have the ball last and be able to drive down the field and kick a field goal to win the game. 
Um, I'm still waiting for Brock Purdy to have one of them NFL rookie games to where he just, you know, he shows that he's really a rookie, but he hasn't shown it yet. Even in that game last week against the Cowboys, while he didn't have explosive numbers and big numbers and he didn't have the big plays, he still didn't get, he didn't get flustered. He didn't get um, sidetracked or nothing like that. He looked like a regular NFL quarterback. You know, he didn't look like a superstar quarterback based off the numbers he put up, but he didn't make any mistakes. Um, he kept the ball out of harm's way. You know, he kept the team on schedule. He wasn't getting behind the uh, the chains very, very often. Um, if he did, it was due to a penalty. They didn't have many negative plays that I can remember. So I think um, as long as he can continue playing the way he's been playing, I think the 49ers will win. I think they just have too much on defense, and I think that they have too much on offense. Um, for the Eagles, the Eagles had the best regular season out of anybody in the playoff or in the NFL. Um, I think they went, what was it, 15-2 and two or whatever it was because they played 17 games. I think they went 15-2, and two, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Jalen Hurts got hurt there at the end, and I still think he should win the MVP of the league. Um, he played on the best team. He had one of the best seasons in the league. I feel like they may give it to Patrick Mahomes because he's got a better story, saying he lost Tyreek Hill and he still led the league in passing and put up the numbers that he did. But I feel like Jalen Hurts was a little bit more valuable to his team um, this year, just this year, not saying he's more valuable overall, but I think this year he was more valuable to the Eagles than Pat Mahomes was to the Chiefs. I know that might be blasphemous to say for some people, but, I mean, it is what it is. Um, so I think he should win the MVP. Um, I'm all for that. Um, I just think that the 49ers defense is, I think they've got too much for Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's had some games where he's looked pedestrian, where he hasn't put up the crazy numbers. And I don't think all year he's played a defense as good as the 49ers defense is um, and will be. Um, that pass rush is something serious. And if it's an obvious passing down, like third and long or something like that, or if it's third and goal and it's it's a long ways to the goal line for them to score, if it's something like that, I'm going to go with the 49ers because I think that pass rush will get home. They don't have to blitz a lot. They've got Nick Bosa, like I said. They've got Fred Warner, one of the best linebackers in the league. And they've got a pretty decent secondary. Um, so I'm going to go with the 49ers, like I said, something like 23-20. The only way I think the Eagles win if, is if Brock Purdy turns into – a rookie quarterback, if he starts looking like Mr. Irrelevant, if he starts looking like he was the last pick in the draft last year, um, if they just absolutely come out and confuse him and frustrate him to the point where he, they force him into mistakes, or if Philly's defense just, um, you know, their pass rush gets home and they're stopping the run and there's nothing he can do or he can't, the coaches can't figure out, whatever the case may be, I think that's the only way that the Eagles win. I've got the 49ers and the Bengals in the Super Bowl, like I said, and I think – Again, the 49ers defense is just too nasty, even for Joe Burrow. Um, that defensive line is something serious. So I think that the, the 49ers will end up winning the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback, which is unheard of. That's never been done before. I don't even think a rookie quarterback has ever made the Super Bowl. Somebody have to check me on that if I'm wrong, but I don't think that a rookie quarterback has ever made the Super Bowl. Um, I know Dan Marino made it in his second year. I think Big Ben went like 15-1 and one his first year in the league, but they lost in the playoffs and didn't make the Super Bowl. Um, so I don't think a rookie quarterback has ever made the Super Bowl, let alone win it. Um, so I, I can see that happening. So like I said earlier, I've got 
the Bengals versus the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and I've got the 49ers winning. In the AFC Championship game, I've got the Bengals over the Chiefs, and in the a- uh, NFC Championship game, I've got the 49ers over the Eagles. Um, it's going to be a clash of Titans. It's going to be a clash of three of the best quarterbacks in the league and Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow, and then rookie Brock Purdy. And then the 49ers have the best defense left in the in the Super or in the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, they've got the best defensive player left in the playoffs in Nick Bosa. Um, I think Jamar Chase is the best receiver left in the playoffs. Um, for running backs, um, for running backs, it's really a toss up because the Chiefs are really a running back by committee. So are the Eagles. Um, I know they got Miles Sanders, but I feel like they interchange running backs in and out. Um, the 49ers are the same way. They're, you know, running back by committee. They got Debo Samuels and some other guys back there. And the Bengals have Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan as their running backs. So it's really, I don't know who the best running back left in the, in the playoffs is. I probably would say Debo Samuel for lining up in the backfield because he's explosive. And he is one of the hardest players in football to guard. Um, and just to get off topic real quick here, um, one of the guys I went to college with, his name is Barry, not Barry, his name is Nick. We were going back and forth about Jamar Chase and Debo Samuel. Um, he was saying that Jamar Chase reminds him of Debo Samuel. And I told him, I don't know what you'd be looking at. I know that they might break a lot of tackles and they might get a lot of yak yards at the catch, but I don't know how to explain it, but there's a difference between Debo Samuel and Jamar Chase. Debo Samuel is physical. He's, you know, right to the point. He gets up the field. When he catches the ball, he gets north and south. He is hard to bring down. He breaks tackles, and he's liable to break one tackle and take it 80 yards. Jamar Chase, to me, is a better route runner. He's way faster. Um, He's more of a deep threat. He's more finesse, in my opinion. I think the difference in their games is the physicality of their games. I don't think they're in the same stratosphere as far as being the same player. That's like saying that um, that's like saying that Adrian Peterson and Chris Johnson were the same kind of player. They both were fast, but Chris Johnson was a home run hitter. If he got a crease, Chris Johnson was liable to take it 90 yards untouched and just outran the whole defense and scored. Adrian Peterson liable to hit a crease run over about seven people on the way to the end zone. It's two different players. That's just how I feel about Debo Samuel and Jamar Chase. So that was just a quick tangent. I had to I had to put that out there because I just couldn't believe what he was saying. But, I mean, everybody has their own opinion, whatever the case may be. Um, but, yeah, so I think, I think we're heading towards the 49ers and Bengals Super Bowl. And, unfortunately, for Joe Burrow, I think he's going to lose two Super Bowls in a row. But if he loses two Super Bowls in a row, you're not going to sit here and tell me that he's not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, arguably, you can make an argument for him being the best quarterback in the league if he beats Patrick Mahomes again, which I think he will. Um, because we all know the postseason matters. Um, if you ask, like if you ask my boy Fox, Fox will tell you that Peyton Manning is the best quarterback he's ever seen. Um, he'll tell you that he's the best quarterback he's ever seen. But in the grand scheme of things, Nobody would take Peyton Manning over Tom Brady just because Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls and he beat Peyton Manning a lot of times to get to the Super Bowls. Uh, Peyton Manning is probably the most prolific quarterback as far as uh, directing an offense and being out on the field and being a true, a true floor general. 
um, on the field, but Tom Brady just had it all on the field, you know, going up and down the field, scoring. And, you know, if Tom Brady's got the ball, I don't care if there's 20 seconds left. I don't care if they're on the one-yard line, on their one-yard line, and they need 99 yards to score and only got 20 seconds left. I'm scared to see Tom Brady with that ball in his hand. That's just how, how much he's done in his career and how much I'm scared to see him doing it. Um, so if Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes again, you can include me in the group of people who say that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. Right now, I would still take Patrick Mahomes, but 4-0 is hard to argue against because he's doing it on the biggest stages in the AFC Championship game. They can't play each other in the Super Bowl unless one of them moves conferences. But currently right now in the AFC is Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. But if Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes again, granted, I'll do it be to – I think Patrick Mahomes has an injury. Or I not think. I know he has an injury, and if that hobbles him or restricts him in any kind of way and Joe Burrow wins, you can put that as an asterisk there. But um, like coaches used to say, if you're hurt, you can still play. But if you're injured, then sit out. And I think Patrick Mahomes is just hurt. I don't think he's injured to the point that he can't play because obviously he went back in the game. And with the advancement of modern medicine and everything, I think they'll have him ready to play Sunday. Um, and then the NFC, if Brock Purdy beats, who I think will be the MVP this year in Jalen Hurts, then Brock Purdy's got to, you know, he can he can go to 49ers management and say, hey, y'all drafted me with the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. I came in led your team to the playoffs and through the playoffs and got us to the Super Bowl. And God forbid he wins because he can go to sit in front of his GM and say, hey, I think I deserve $300 million guaranteed. I'm one for one on, on postseason play, man. One Super Bowl for one Super Bowl. What are we talking about here? So, you know, if he's able to do that, then more more power to him. I had to talk to him. Um, so we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm excited to see it. I'll be back in town just in time. Like I said, I'm on. I'm in Turks and Caicos right now uh, with my homegirl Jasmine. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Judy! Um, we've been out here drinking and having fun, having a good time. Um, it's been fun. It's nice and hot out here versus being extra cold in the states. It's like 80 degrees out here. I'm sitting out here up under the gazebo, just chilling, man. Recording this episode for y'all. Um, it's been a good time out here. It's been a good time, and I had to make sure I get this episode out here before the games because I don't want to record it after the games. And then somebody say, oh, well, you saw the game, so of course you know who won. So, of course, you're going to sound right on your podcast because, you know, there are people out there like that. Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to do a quick uh, deep dive into LeBron James about to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. And again, why I think he's the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. So y'all stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic here from Turks and Caicos Island. Um, Real quickly, I just want to dive into my favorite player, LeBron James, what he is doing at an unprecedented level. My man is 20 years in into the league, 20 years into his career. He is 158 points away from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time NBA scoring record that's been standing for 40-something years. Um, it's just crazy to watch him play and still do what he's doing at age 38 and been doing this for 20 years. Um, he turned 38 on December 30th, and since then he's been on a tear. He's averaging something like 
37 points per game, like eight rebounds per game, eight assists per game while shooting like 55, 56% from the field, something like that. And for the season currently, he's averaging 29.9 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, seven assists while shooting 50% from the field. Um, He's doing this when he's shooting like 28% from the three-point line. He's not getting to the free throw line a lot. They're not calling a lot of fouls for him these days. So he's not been getting to the line lately. He's just doing this on pure skill and pure will. Um, and like I told my boy this morning, I was like, I know he's a Kobe fan. He might not like LeBron, this, that, and the third, but you're going to miss LeBron when he's gone. Um, what he's doing right now is crazy to be 38 years old, and in my opinion, still be top at least seven in the league. Um, he's not the best player in the league anymore. Those days are over and done with. He can't carry a team like he used to, but he can still make an impact on the game. Um, I think last night playing against the Spurs, I think going into the fourth quarter, he only had maybe like 13 points in in the game. They ended up with 20. He scored uh, seven points. I think he dished out like three or four assists. He had like four rebounds. Um, you know, he was dynamic. He just took the game over. And taking the game over in basketball doesn't always mean that you're scoring the most points. You can take the game over in other ways. If you're driving and kicking, getting your teammates open, if you're playing unbelievable defense and you're starting to break on the fast break and you're, you know, throwing alley-oops or whatnot, or you're finishing at the rack by yourself, whatever the case may be, LeBron James is the most complete basketball player I've ever seen. Scoring the ball, assisting the ball, rebounding the ball, playing defense. Um, like I said, he's long in the tooth. He's 38. He can't sit down in the seat like he used to um, playing defense. But when he needs to lock up, he can. Ask Jamal Murray a few years ago in the playoffs when he was trying to take LeBron one-on-one, going down the court every time, and it wasn't working. Ask um, ask any of these young guys who think that, oh, LeBron's old, I'm just going to blow past him. And, you know, I'm going to start talking junk to him if I do score on him one time. Now you've awoken the beast, and now he's shutting you down and making you look bad because he's an old, you know, sly veteran. He can, he can get to anywhere he wants on the floor at will. Um, still the the most devastating finisher at the rim in the game, still the best passer in basketball. Um, he's just phenomenal to watch, man. It's an honor and a privilege to watch him play basketball. It's an honor and privilege to watch him play the game that he's been playing for 20-plus years. I've been watching LeBron James since he was in the 11th grade in high school. Um, I remember watching him play Carmelo Anthony on ESPN when um, – Carmelo was a senior and LeBron was a junior and uh, LeBron was at St. Vincent, St. Mary and Melo was at, uh, I believe he was at Oak Hill and they went head to head on ESPN. And at that point, a lot of people were saying LeBron James is the best basketball player in the country, regardless of, of classification. If he's a senior, junior, sophomore, freshman, whatever the case may be, he's the best prospect they've ever seen this time and third and the hype that was surrounding him coming out of high school, going into the NBA was crazy. And to think that he lived up to those expectations and passed them, it blows my mind. Like I said, in my opinion, I think he's the best basketball player to ever play the game. I got Michael Jordan second. I know a lot of people will say that's crazy. How can you have Michael Jordan second? But listen, when you are in a franchise by yourself and the franchise that you're playing for realizes that you can't, you know, no player in the history of the game, even Michael Jordan, no player in the history of the game can win a championship by themselves. It's just not possible. 
Um, you might win game, win a lot of regular season games, win a few playoff series. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, one player is not going to beat an entire team. It's just not going to happen. And when his first stint in Cleveland, they won 66 games and then won 61 games. And at some point in that last season before he went to Miami, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers had a chance to trade for Amari Stoudemire. Yes, that Amari Stoudemire back when he was still Amari Stoudemire before, you know, his knees and stuff went out. He was still an all-star in the game, still one of the best power forwards in the game. You had a chance to make that trade. and All you had to give up was J.J. Hickson. Y'all don't even know who J.J. Hickson is unless you're a real basketball fan or you're an NC State fan. Y'all don't even know who J.J. Hickson is. All they had to do was trade him for Amari Stoudemire, and Amari Stoudemire would have been in Cleveland with LeBron James. And I think at that time, that was a champ- that could have been a championship because Amari Stoudemire was still dominating the game. And at that point, I think LeBron James was the best player in basketball. No shade to Kobe, but I think he's better than Kobe. I think he's always been better than Kobe, but that's just me. That's the fan in me talking. Um but, yeah, if, if you're in Cleveland and your front office won't do that for you, well, then I'm not about to sit here and be a homer. I don't want to be Damian Lillard and say I stayed loyal to my franchise because at the end of the day, it's about championships. If you're not winning, then you're not winning. I know Charles Barkley would trade anything he could for an NBA title because if you watch him on TNT, every time they start talking about championships and stuff like that, Shaq always brings up the four that he's got. Kenny brings up the two that he's got. And they say, well, Chuck, you can't even be in this conversation because you don't have a ring. Um, that's just the the that's just the the reality of it. He doesn't have a ring. And I know LeBron James and I know how he, I think I know how he thinks and how he wants to be remembered. He don't want to be remembered as a guy who stayed home in Cleveland and never won a championship. He had too much hype coming out of high school to not win a ring, so he left. Went to Miami, went to four straight finals, won two of them, won two championships. Then he went back to Cleveland, and by that time he went back, he was the best player in basketball, the most powerful player in basketball. And he was able to get the players on the team that he wanted, get the GM to make moves that he wanted, um, the GM as they call him. He was able to do that, and they were able to parlay that into a championship, coming back from 3-1 down against the most winningest uh, regular season team ever in the Golden State Warriors. They were 7-3-9 with the unanimous first ever unanimous MVP in Steph Curry, and they beat the Warriors twice in games five through – well, three times in five through seven. Two of those games were at home. Game five and game seven was at home. Game five and game six, LeBron dropped 41 back-to-back. And I know people will say, well, Draymond didn't play game five, and if he played, the series would have been over. But Draymond played game six and game seven, and LeBron still gave it to him. So that excuse is out the window for me. And then he went, he left uh, Cleveland after uh, making it to the finals two more times in 2017 and 2018, going up against the Warriors with KD. He wasn't beating them. I'm sorry, it just wasn't happening. They were way too talented for anybody to beat them. I think that 2017 Warriors team with Steph, Clay, Katie, and Dre, I think that is the most talented team that's ever been put on a basketball court in the entire NBA's history. Better than the Celtics in the 80s, better than the Bulls, better than the Lakers in 2001 with Kobe and Shaq, better than the Lakers in the 80s with Magic and Kareem. I don't think anybody could have competed with them Warriors teams, but – you know, the media expects LeBron James, one guy, 
to beat that entire team by himself because they feel like Michael Jordan could have did it. But Michael Jordan, for those of you who don't know, was 1-9 in the playoffs before Scottie Pippen showed up. Um, he was making the playoffs with a losing record, like 33-49 and 49 or something like that, um, making the playoffs in the East in the first round, even though the East was so tough back in the 80s, if you let the old heads tell it. I mean, he's making the playoffs, but he wasn't winning. Yeah, he dropped 63 in the Garden against Boston, but he lost the game. That's what everybody always tells me. It's about wins and losses, and he didn't win, so I'm not going to give him credit for that. Just not going to do it. Um, you know, y'all move the bar for LeBron, and I'm here to tell you, y'all going to stop moving the bar because y'all make it more unrealistic every every single game. Y'all Now when he breaks Kareem's scoring record, y'all going to say, oh, well, he played 20 years, so he's supposed to break the record. Well, think about it. Kobe played 20 years, and he didn't break the record. He was nowhere near the record. So you have to play 20 years and be dominant. You have to be good for 20 years. And LeBron James, in my eyes, has been in his prime for the last 17 years. That's unheard of. Um, I haven't seen – the only drop-off I've seen in LeBron James' game is, yeah, he's not as explosive as he once was. And he does get winded. He can't play the full game anymore like he used to. He's got to go and take breaks. That's going to happen when you get older. But as far as his game, he's still an elite-level scorer. He's still an elite-level passer, rebounder. Um, He's not an elite-level defender anymore, but he can still sit down in the chair when, you know, when when it's crunch time. He can still do that. So I still think he's one of the top seven players in the game. I think he's the best player to ever play this game, the best – Small Ford to ever play this game by and far. I think he would cook Larry Bird. He's better than Kevin Durant, better than Scottie Pippen, better better than Dr. J, better than Paul Pierce, better than whatever small Ford you want to bring me. LeBron James is at the top of the list. Um, no questions asked, in my opinion. Um, so when he breaks this record, I hope they give him his flowers. I hope they make a whole special out of it. I hope they make the all-star game about him breaking the record and all that, just that a third. Like I said, he's only 158 points away from breaking it, so I can see him breaking that record in probably five to six games if he keeps up with his current average of of, of 30 points per game and take about five games. And I'm sure the game when he's close and he knows he's going to break it, that's the game where he's going to come out shooting hot and he's going to be determined to go ahead and break that record and get it over with. And I hope that he breaks the record at home in L.A., on the Lakers floor where Kareem played at, so it can be that much more of a spectacle, so he can get the love he deserves, um, so he can, he can feel, you know, get his flowers and stuff, because I feel like a lot of people take him for granted. We listen to Skip Bayless every day getting on Undisputed and finding some reason to, you know, knock LeBron down because he missed one free throw. He took 100 free throws in the game. He missed one, and somehow Skip will harp on that for the entire segment of the show. But, I mean, it is what it is. So, hopefully, you know, he breaks that record at home, and I hope he does it soon. I'm definitely going to be watching when it's close because I want to see it happen in real time so I can give that man his flowers. And like I said, he's my favorite player in the game today, my second favorite player to I've ever watched play this game. Nobody will ever replace Allen Iverson on my, on my favorite players list. Allen Iverson is my favorite athlete ever in any sport. Football, basketball, baseball, tennis, whatever you want to, whatever sports you want to give, Allen Iverson is number one. And if I ever get to meet Allen Iverson, I'll probably be a groupie for like five minutes. I'm trying to tell you. If I met LeBron James, I might yell for like 10 seconds, like, oh, shit, it's LeBron. But if I meet Allen Iverson, I might scream like a little girl for like five minutes. Like, he is iconic. 
he is one of the reasons I love basketball the way that I do these days. So much love to Allen Iverson and much love to LeBron James when he breaks his record and officially, you know, in my eyes, shuts the, shuts the book on the debate of who's the GOAT, the all-time leading scorer, four rings, uh, three finals MVP, well, four finals MVPs, but at three different franchises. Um, he's won everywhere he's been. Um, he's the youngest player to every 1,000-point mark, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, so on and so forth. He's the youngest to ever do that. Career averages of 27-7-7. Soon-to-be 19-time All-Star, 19-time straight All-Star starter. Um, in this new format with him picking teams, I think he'd be 5-0 and if they won this year, whatever it is, 6-0. and I don't know how many years they've been doing it, but he's undefeated as a captain picking the teams. Um, he's just legendary, man, just legendary. Enjoy it while you can. But that's all I got to say about LeBron James. Again, this has been another episode of Clutch Time with Mike on the Mic. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Like I said, I'm going to release an episode every week. I'm back on it. So if y'all feel like I'm slacking, then definitely you know pop me on the hand. Tell me what are you doing. We haven't heard nothing in a few weeks, whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm here. I'm in Turks and Caicos celebrating Judy's birthday. So I'm about to be out with them. We're about to go have some fun. But y'all tune in, man. Enjoy your time. Do whatever you got to do to get in a better uh, a better mental state. You know, enjoy life, man. Go out here, live life, and have fun. That's my, my word to y'all. Go out here, live life, and have fun, man. Enjoy it while you can. We're, not, we're here for a good time, not a long time, as Drake would say. So... I appreciate everybody tuning in, man. Y'all stay tuned for the next episode. I'll holla.